0: excited to minister to you tonight. It's always a privilege and an honor and a little, as Lee said last week, a little fear and trembling when you stand in the place that to me, one of the greatest teachers in the body of Christ stands every week and teaches us the word of God. Would you agree with that? and i'm not saying that to get brownie points that is really the truth i mean pastor tim has impacted my life for over 20 years and touched the hearts and lives of of all of us and i'm sure you have been affected in many different ways and i don't know about you but sometimes as i'm going about life and things are, are are happening or something comes up i sometimes i'll hear a phrase or or something that that he has said that that'll just pop up to my to my memory that the Holy Spirit will use to help me in my life. And that's because he uses the word of God and the word of God sets you free. Can you say amen to that? Amen. 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 All right. Well, I wanted to talk to you a little bit tonight <clears throat> um, about approaching and coming to God. I apologize for my voice. I'm a little bit <clears throat> uh, hoarse tonight. Hebrews eleven six. 6. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. I'm going to talk to you about... Uh, this verse mainly. And what I want to do tonight is I want to get over to you one huge point and let you take that point home and let it impact the way that you approach God, impact the way that you come to God in prayer, impact the way you read the Bible. Impact the way that you worship the Lord on your own during the week, because I know that all of you do that during the week. You worship the Lord on your own. And if you and if you don't and you only worship the Lord when you come here. Hey, good news. You could start this week. That's a great thing. It's a great thing to experience the presence of God all by yourself and just sing to him and bless him. And I, I know that that blesses the Lord when we do that. So this is going to um, give you some fuel for your fire, so to speak. Amen. Hebrews 11:6 in the New Living Translation, it says this, It is impossible, say impossible, impossible, to please God without faith. Now, how many of you were here Sunday? Man, did Pastor Paul Fosling do an excellent job in teaching us about faith. Um, I, I never get sick of, of faith. I never get tired of faith. I love the subject of faith because faith is how we please God. The Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Now, faith is this. It's just real simple. Faith is a basic trust or confidence in a person a principle, or an ideal. Faith is simply this, a basic trust or confidence. I want to major more on the word confidence in a person, principle, or, or ideal. So God wants us to have confidence in him, in his word, his principles, and his ideals for our lives. That's what God wants us to do, to have confidence in that. And I believe the word come, anyone who wants to, Come to Him must believe that God exists, and He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. I think we can find a little bit better feel for what this word "come" actually means in Hebrews eleven six and the Message version. Let let me read that to you. It'll be on the screen in a moment. It's impossible, say impossible, impossible, to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach, same word as come approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. Did you hear that? God cares enough to respond to those who seek him. Now, I, I wrote this to my worship team each each weekend. I, I try to write something uh, to the worship team that's going to be on that weekend. And I email them and I try to get them on the same kind of Playing page as I am, just in my thoughts and, and us coming together as a worship team, having a central theme. And last weekend, uh, my central theme was this inspiration. You know why? Because I didn't have much. <laughs> just being honest. Woke up on a, on a Saturday morning. I know this has never happened to any of you because you're the Wednesday night crowd. But, um, you know, I woke up that morning, I was tired. I was not inspired, I did not feel angels around the bed, I did not think that, that Jesus was you know, sitting at the footstool of my bed saying, come and spend time with me. I just felt tired and, and just kind of burnt because of, of physical tiredness and I needed some inspiration. So I encouraged my team. I, you know, I, I, I got a few things that inspired me. So I, I picked up my iPad. Oh, thank God for iPads. How many of you have iPads, own iPads? Look at how many people own iPads. You little technology freaks, you. That's awesome. But I got my iPad out and I got onto YouTube and I just started to watch some of my favorite um, um, people who do worship. Paul Balash, Carrie uh, Job, Hillsong, Gateway, um, just some people that really inspire me and I just started to get inspired by them because they were just, you know, worshiping from such a pure heart and that, that got me up enough and out of my uh, tiredness to get me up to a next point where God swept in and, and, and sent someone into my life and, 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 and called me that morning. How many of you know that God will send people into your life just to speak a word of encouragement to you? I am so thankful for that. Lately, the Lord has been huge doing that in my life. Uh, just sending people um, and encouraging me. Um, just this morning, Pastor Pam is is away on a trip. She's, uh, uh, her and a couple of the other team, they're, they're finding out information. They're at a conference and she woke up and, and just had some things on her heart and just began to pray. And she, how many of you know, if, if you have a smartphone, there's something called voice memo? Oh, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, while you're driving, you can voice memo instead of texting because you're not supposed to do that while you're driving. You realize that, right? So she voice memoed me and just said, this is what the Lord spoke over me. And it ministered to me so much. It blessed me so much. So I thank God for other people in my life who will speak courage to me. Never pass an opportunity up when you get someone who goes through your mind and you go, huh, I wonder why I'm thinking about them. Haven't thought about them in years. You just keep on going about your business. There's a reason. There's a reason. A lot of times it's because God wants you to pray or maybe God wants you to text them. I love texting. Text them an encouragement, a word of encouragement. Or maybe just call them on the phone and say, hey, had you on my heart. Just want you to know I'm praying for you. Be that person. Be that encourager. And I guarantee you, you be the encourager. You will reap encouragement. Amen. All right. But this word approach and the Strong's, it means to come near, to seek association with. Now there's some people I really like to hang out with. Then there's other people who I'm less likely to hang out with or less crazy about hanging out with. Like Lee and I have a good relationship. I've known Lee since he was six years old, but now we're, we're coworkers. We work together, we do things, we brainstorm, we, we, we talk about life, we do things. And I love spending time with Lee and his wife, Katie. It's, it's, it's fun, we have a good time. We have like a family relationship. You know, you have that with some people. And then there's other people when you see them coming, it's like, oh, dear Jesus. And you want to try that, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. None of you, of course. None of you. What I'm saying is, is you see that coworker coming. You're thinking, oh, goodness, if I don't if I don't get out of the way, I'm, he's going to take my whole lunch hour up and I'm not going to get a word in edgewise. So you go the other way. But God is somebody who is worth seeking association with. Just think about this. God, the king of all the universe, Lord over all the galaxies, wants to spend time with you. Just you. So your, your privilege, your honor, is to be able to seek association with God. It goes on to say to join with, to agree with. If we want to come near to God, we need to agree With his principles. Guess what? When you draw near to God and he draws near to you. Guess who changes? We do. And it's a good thing. Because Pastor Tim calls it for years. The great exchange. We exchange all of our. For all of God's glory. And his greatness. And his wonderfulness. And all the great things that he does for us. Speaking of confidence. Confidence is a very very powerful. Powerful tool. Wouldn't, Wouldn't you agree? I mean, let's just take, how many of you like sports? That's good, that's good, that's good. I love sports, I love sports. Sports is a regular part of my life. I don't ask my family how much time I watch, spend watching sports. You, you might get a little disappointed with me. But, you know, recently the Olympics has been on. Who does not get inspired by these people? I mean, my goodness, some of these girls are doing gymnastics and stuff, and I'm thinking, how many countless hours did they not get to go out and play with their, their little friends because they had some coach, you know, after they fell off the balance beam and whacked their head on, it said, get up and get back on. And, you know, I mean, just, but the confidence that they exude when they step up to, to do what they're about to do, or like the U S men's basketball team. I mean, my goodness. And by the way, Kobe, you could not beat the 92 dream team. Sorry. That would never have happened. Yes. Amen. So, uh, in case you're watching Kobe, love you. Uh, But, you know, when the men's basketball team steps out on the court, they know. They have this uncanny confidence. Um, We're going to win. We're going to win. I I, have the privilege of, I'm a lifelong Chicago anything fan because that's where I grew up. So I'm a huge Bulls fan. And I watched the career of Michael Jordan. And when that guy stepped out on the court, he believed he didn't care who you were or what was going on. He was going to beat you. Confidence. Confidence having that type of confidence. When you get around people who have that type of confidence, doesn't it make you want to be around them? You know, I mean, they just exude this. I can do anything or exude this. It's going to be okay. You know, I love having those type of people in my life. Well, confidence does come in many different ways, but I can't think of a better way that confidence comes than from the game of golf. Now, I I happen to like golf a lot. And I play as much as I, you know, can get out there. I can't get out as much as I'd like to, because if I were to get out there as much as I'd like to, I'd be out there every day. But um, golf, I think more than any other sport takes more confidence. Um, I'm telling you what right now, and this is the truth. Now, and James Powell, you're here tonight. So you've seen this before. James, one of my good golf buddies for four or five holes, maybe even six, I could play with Tiger Woods any day of the week. But for 18 holes, ain't going to happen. I can go four or five holes. I've even gone six holes before where I was one under. In the case any of you are wondering, well, what does that mean? Don't worry about it. Um, one under is good. Okay, one under's good. So I've gone, but, but golf is a game of confidence. And the key to golf is if you have a bad hole, forget about it. You just got to keep on going on. That's really the key to life, isn't it? I mean, you know, you have a bad moment and you just say, you know what? I could stay here for the rest of my life or I could just move on and be confident. Well, the game of golf, there's nothing in the more that you need confidence in than in the game of golf. And so when I play golf, when I tee off my goal, and, and I can hit the ball pretty long, not as long as James Powell can, but, um, but uh, I can hit the ball pretty long off the tee. So my goal is, any par four that I play, my goal is to be hitting a wedge of some sort into the green. Now, you've got a pitching wedge, you've got a gap wedge, you've got a sand wedge, you've got a lob wedge. I mean, some guys carry four or five wedges in their bag, you know. But my confidence comes, if I know I'm 140, 145 in, I can get there with my pitching wedge, Okay. So I know that I'm good to go. I want to be sitting 145 or less so I can hit some type of wedge into the green. Because why? Because it gives me confidence. So here, what I have here, and I was trying to get the guys to like zoom in and, and see this, but, but you can't. Um, it says A on this club. And for the longest time, you know, I had a set of golf clubs that had a G on it, which means gap wedge. It's in between your pitching wedge and your sand wedge. Okay, your gap wedge is kind of like I hit my pitching wedge about 140-ish. I hit my sand wedge about 120. So my gap wedge, I hit about what? 130. Very good. You guys are good. So this is one of my favorite clubs because if I can get this in my hands, I just have this kind of uncanny confidence that I'm going to be able to, you know, take the ball basically and, you know, if that's the green somewhere around Steve and Susie Mitchell back there in this section back there, I can take this. I know some of you are thinking, dear God, what is he doing? But I can take this and I can pretty much, you know, just kind of step up to the ball and just feel like I can hit it. Oh, my goodness. See, and I just hit, I hit a slice and I just hit that lady right in the, in the chest. Did that hurt? No, it didn't. That's good. Okay, good. See, now, right now, that didn't make me feel very confident. Because what I did, no, don't throw it back. No, 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 no. Give it back to this lady because guess what? Each ball that you get, it's a free drink in the cafe tonight. So there you go. Free drink in the cafe. But it's only for tonight because I know you people. You'll go buy a bunch of white balls and you'll go use it for the next six weeks. So that's not going to happen. So lady, just duck. I'm going to try to do this again. I'm going to try to do this again. See if I can do this again. There you go. Oh, and I... Oh, good. Jim got it. There you go, Jim. Well, Jim had his hand on it, but now he did Now, No, she's got it. Okay, so you've got a free drink tonight. And you know what, what that was? That was a little bit of a hook because I hooked that just left to Steve. So, you know, if I want to come... Maybe I just want to chip one. Just want to chip one right to someone. Oh, there's Donna. Donna's going diving under the seats. You didn't get it? No? Okay. But, you know, if you can get confidence that you can get this club in your hand, you feel real good about it, that you can kind of just, you know... Oh, yeah. see, I did it again, Donna. Boy, y'all have really learned a lot about my golf game. And right now, honestly, if, and you, James, you know this, it's in the tank. Okay, so let me try to see if I could do this one more time. One last time again. There you go. They're all plastic balls. So everyone relax. What is he doing? So those balls, those balls, and I'll take the last one and throw it out to you right there. Those balls are all good for a free drink at the cafe tonight. Only. Okay. But the point is confidence. Now, how much confidence do I have to hit another little white plastic wiffle ball? None. But if I usually can get this club in my hand, I feel real confident. And what I'm trying to do with you guys tonight is I'm trying to get you to the point where you have confidence when you come to approach God. And one of the main ingredients that you'll find in confidence to approach God is to understand that the blood of Jesus Christ doesn't only cover your sins. See, in the Old Testament, the blood of bulls and goats would cover their sins. Their sins were there, but they were covered. So they weren't allowed to go into the Holy of Holies, only the, only the, the priest was. But now Jesus has cleansed all of our sins. Lots of people believe that. You know, we hear it in lots of our songs. You know, your sin, uh, you've covered it. No, God's not covered your sin because when, when if He's covered your sin, it's still there. He's cleansed it. Let me read a couple of scriptures to you. If we confess our sins to Him, He's faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Do you see that? Forgive our sins and cleanse us. From all wickedness. I love this scripture. Psalm 103 verses 11 and 12. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him. Is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us. As the east is from the west. You can't get any farther than that. And the message translation verse 12 says. And as far as the sunrise is from the sunset. He has separated us from our sins. How awesome is that? So what may be holding you back in approaching God is just thinking, I'm just not worthy. Or, you know, I, I, I didn't do enough good things or I kind of blew it or I said something I shouldn't have said. How many of you have ever said something you shouldn't have said? You know, I put my hands and my feet up at the same time or done something you shouldn't have done or something you should have done, you didn't do, or so on and so forth. You know, and we carry that around. You know, we we're, we're imperfect people serving a perfect God. But the good thing is, is when Jesus Christ comes into your life, He cleanses you from all sin, and you are justified, just as if I'd never sinned, and you have the right now. To come before God, your father. Yeah, that's great, Pastor John. Okay, I accepted Jesus into my life, but I've sinned since then. Got good news. 1 John one nine. we just read it. Let's read it again. If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. So I have something here, and I just kind of want to show you. Um, right now, underneath... This lovely thing right here is, let's see if I can get Robert to kind of come in a little bit. Can you can you come into this, get, get even closer? I'm going to have to take this off. This is the most disgusting platter I've ever seen in my life. There's, oh, and does it reek. <laughs> there is, can you see it? A little better? No, you still can't see it. Okay. It's filled with... Well, let me just pull them out. There's a chicken foot. It's kind of gross. There's uh, livery-looking things and uh, other things that I really don't want to touch right now. Matter of fact, that was kind of disgusting. You could tell I'm a city boy. Okay, but let's say let's say, okay, all this stuff is disgusting and gross, just like Our sin. Okay, so now God comes along and most people think that God does that. Is the sin still there? The disgusting stuff is still there. I mean, I wish I I could have got a better camera shot, but if I tilt that anymore, the juice that was disgusting is going to go all over. And then when Pastor Tim comes back and walks up, he's going to go, what is that? I'm not going to do that. But the disgusting stuff is still there. So when I take this back off, gross. I can't believe I just picked up a chicken foot. That was pretty gross. But, you know, I just cover it, but it's still there. And that's kind of like our life. You know, if God only covers our sin, well, it's still there with me. I still got the guilt of it. I still have the shame of it. I still have the reality of it. But where's my usher? I have an usher close by. There's Eric Taylor who got me all this stuff. Thanks, to Eric, for getting me his stuff. Works at Winn-Dixie, good man. But if I take this and I say, Jesus comes in into my life and he takes my sin and takes it away from me as far as the east is from the west. Now, now look at my table as I, as I wipe this down because it's really nice and really... See, look at my table. It's nice and all clean now. There's no sin anymore. There's no guilt left. There's no shame left. There's no, you know, you can't go into the presence of God because you did this left. You know what's hilarious about the devil? This is what, what, what his, one of his main tools. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. You know, little commercials with the little devil on the, on, on the shoulder. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And then as soon as you do it, he goes, I can't believe you did it. I can't believe you did it. I can't believe you did it. <laughs> And that's what he does. He condemns us. But Romans 8, 1 says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Yeah, but Pastor John, sometimes I do walk after the flesh. But the bottom line is on the inside of you and you're born again human spirit, we're three part being spirit, soul, which is our mind, will and emotions. And this tent, this body that we live in. In your spirit, you're perfect, you're cleansed, you're holy. Why do you think God said to you, be holy as I am holy? Wouldn't that be kind of unfair if we couldn't do that? Romans 6.14 says that sin shall no longer have dominion over you. So what does that mean? That means that sin can't make you do it anymore. You remember, uh, what was that guy's name? The devil made me do it. Flip Wilson. Flip Wilson. The devil made me do it. You know what? The devil can't make you do anything. We're born again children of God. We have a will and we have a right and we've been blood bought and blood washed, cleansed completely and totally so that we can approach the presence of God. Why am I telling you this? This is just the one simple point that I wanted to get across to you tonight. Because I believe most of you don't go to God or don't read the Bible or don't pray or don't worship because you feel bad about yourself. You feel like you've done something wrong. You feel like you're going to do something wrong. Have you ever repented for something for the 58th time? And you think, what is the use? The use is, is because every time that you repent, it's like you're dusting yourself off, getting up again, and now you're cleansed and you keep going with God again. That's, that's why. I mean, we can do it over and over and over again. Or have you ever done this before? You, you go to repent and you think, I know I'm going to do this again. This is so hypocritical. Anybody ever done that before? Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course, but the whole idea of repentance is so that we can get God into our lives and we can approach him and that he can help us to get free from those things. There's things that you guys right now, I'm just telling you, and I'm raising my hand. I'm a part of the club and so is pastor Tim and every other pastor here or every other super, super spiritual person that you've ever known. Um, We're all part of the club that we blow it. We make mistakes. We do dumb things. We ruin relationships. We make it difficult on the people that we love. But guess what? If we come close to God and we approach him and we come near to God, I believe that that chemistry of us coming closer together to him, things will start to fall off of us and be replaced by his love and his grace and his peace and his help and his kindness there's some of you that are here, and don't you dare even look at your spouse, not for one minute, they're thinking, "Oh, I'm here with somebody who hasn't been kind a day in their life. <laughs> but guess what? Guess what? There's a lot of reasons a lot of time why people are like the way they are. I remember one story real quick, I'll tell you. Um, on staff, oh my goodness, I've been on staff for 20 years now, and this was maybe my first year of staff, and there was a gentleman who was on uh, a staff a long time ago. He's since a long time moved on and, and God's blessed his life. But, um, you know, he was not a real cheery guy. That's being nice. He was just not a cheery guy. I mean, the most you could get out of him was, oh. You know, so, but, you know, so you just kind of blow it off and say, that's, you ever heard this? That's just the way they are, right? But then one day, my wife... Did something where something where where didn't follow in a rule or didn't do something. And he yelled at my wife. I don't put up with that. Um, You can you can, you know, no, I'm not giving you permission to, but you can mess with me, blah, blah, blah. But just don't mess with my wife. Don't mess with my kids. Don't just don't do it. You know, and so I basically him and I got into a verbal altercation. And so we, you know, we, we kind of parted company and I'm just the type of guy that I cannot stand not being right with somebody. I hate it because it's, I'm just going to be honest. It's not you or anybody else on the planet earth is not worth my blessings that God wants to put my life to be in strife with you. You're just not worth it. And I'm not worth it to you either. So I really, really try to do the best I can to walk in love towards people and believe the best about people. Well, we're in prayer one night. We used to pray on Saturday nights over at the old blocker building uh, on 200, which has now become a McDonald's. They knocked it down and become the McDonald's over there by a steak and shake. And um, we were praying. And for one split second, this gentleman was over here praying. And it was like the Lord let me in on his prayer. I can't explain. I'm not trying to be spooky or weird. I'm just telling you what happened to me. And this is what I heard him say. God, I don't want to be like this. Please help me not to be mean. Please help me to be kind to people. Please help me, God. I'm just stuck and I don't know how to change. So it was like the Lord was letting me in to see that this guy was... Hating the way he was more than the people that he was affecting, so what I did was uh, poured a pitcher of cool water um, and and back then i didn 't have two nickels to rub together i mean I mean not two you know we just moved here, my wife quit her job and and <clears throat> and you know we were just just making it, and we were young kids and and um, I went to Chili's and bought him a twenty dollar gift certificate. And I and I went to him and I said, Hey, I just I just want you to be blessed. And something broke. Something happened. You know, and, and I and and to me at that point, that twenty bucks was so worth me not having this thing in the back of my head thinking, How can I approach God when I not walked in love with my brother? You know what I'm saying? So I just want to encourage you that. When you ask God to forgive you from sin, it's washed away. Just as clean as that, that, you know, table sitting there right is. It's clean. There's not a chicken foot on it. You know, and what we need to do is, is we need to come to God and we need to understand this. Second Corinthians 521, it says this, for he made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. I love it in the Amplified. For our sake he made Christ virtually to be sin. Who knew no sin. So that in and through him we might become endued with. Viewed as being in and examples of the righteousness of God. What we ought to be approved Acceptable and in right relationship with Him by His goodness. Say this say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. See, that's a whole different mindset. You got to actually look at yourself. I want you to say it again. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So if that's true, then you have every right to go into the presence of God. You have every right to approach your father and say, Father, here's my needs. You have every right to approach God and lift up your hands and sing and worship him with no guilt, no fear, no shame. Would you agree? Because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's why I have such a difficult time with doctrine that says that I'm just an old sinner. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm not an old sinner. I was an old sinner, but now I'm saved by grace and I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah, but you still do things that are sin. You're exactly right. That's why I have 1 John 1, 9 to keep the faucet going. So every time that I mess up, I can get in the faucet, get all cleaned up and get out. Now I'm good again. That's the way God made the system. He knew that you were going to blow it. Yes, you. He knew that you weren't going to be perfect. Yes, you. The good news is, is that he has asked you. A matter of fact, he said, without faith, it's impossible to please me. He said, by faith, I want you to come and approach me. And know that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and that I love you and that you, I, you are worth dying for. I love that song, Someone Worth Dying For. You are worth dying for and that you're valuable in the sight and in the eyes of Jesus Christ.